Welcome back to Season 3 of Return to Truth Podcast. I am your host, Clint Curry. Thank you very much for joining me today. If this is your first time here with me, then please allow me to welcome you to the show. And if you've listened to us before, I appreciate your continued loyalty to the Bible truth and this podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast channel so you can stay up to date on each and every new episode that drops. We are dropping new episodes every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Unless, of course, I take a break in between episodes, and if I do, you will be notified right here. And well, what do you know? I'm actually taking a break. February 12th is when I will be back with a new episode just for you. So go ahead and mark your calendars for February 12th, because that's when we'll drop our new episode. And of course, if you haven't yet listened to our previous podcast episode, or season for that matter, please make sure you take some time to go back and give them all a listen. Don't miss out. We have already covered so much at this point. In our last episode, we discussed the very stones that David picked up to take down the giant. We look at why there were five and how it connects back to the battles that we face in our own lives. Once you're done with this episode, go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. That is an episode you don't want to miss. So with all that said, before we begin today's episode, we need to ask God to guide us into a better understanding of His Word. So let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now and ask, Lord, that you will hear our prayer, that you will lend your ears to us. Lord, answer our call. Help us to see you for who you really are. Help us to want more than anything in this world, the kingdom of heaven. Help us to put you first over anything else. Lord, help us to realize what it is that we have within our grasp, that it is already here, that the very treasure that we desire more than anything is within our hands. Father, help us not to squander it away. Help us to realize. Help us to see you in all things. Now, Lord, I ask that you guide us into life everlasting. I ask that you bless this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The title of today's episode is Buried Treasure. How bad do you want it? From the book written by Dwight Hall, I wanted to share with you a couple of real-life stories. It starts off with this. Two men by the name of Barry and Tim were digging up a tree in Tim's backyard. Using the shovel to dig deeper, they were startled to hear a dull thud as they worked their way under the roots. What was that? One of the men said. To their amazement, about a foot under the surface was an aging two-foot-wide wooden box. With trembling fingers, they threw down their shovels and Barry and Tim dug out the box with their hands. They then ripped off the top to discover what was inside. At first glance, the contents didn't look too exciting. Nine rusted tin cans from decades ago, maybe even a century old, that were used to hold cookies. This is what was inside the box. But what were in these cans? 
Tim thought the cans might hold something valuable, so he picked them up and carried them back to his truck as quickly as he could. There, he and Barry began cracking them open, one at a time. At first, it didn't look like anything we'd ever seen before, Barry said in a phone interview. It wasn't until Barry looked up and saw the look on Tim's face that he thought they really might have found something. I'm a pessimist, Barry said later. I wanted a professional appraisal before jumping to any conclusions. Tim, on the other hand, was already dancing and leaping for joy. Look at this! Look at this! He shouted. Calm down, laughed Barry, who began to feel a bit giddy himself. As the men emptied the old cans into an old milk crate, out tumbled 1,800 bills. There were 901 bills, 202 bills, and 320 bills inside the box. That might not sound like much, but all the bills were dated between 1899 and 1929. There were also piles of gold and silver certificates, as well as scores of notes from local banks. Barry and Tim locked their take in the truck and went back to work. Then as soon as they had finished digging up the tree, they made their way into a local coin shop. When the shop owner saw what they had found, he quickly locked the door behind them. I'd never seen anything like this before in my life, the shop owner later said, estimating that the find was worth more than $100,000 at the time. His estimate was low, however. A later appraisal found the entire thing to be worth more than $700,000. Later, we learned that part of Barry and Tim's story wasn't true. They really did find the treasure, but it was most likely in a barn and not under a tree. The owners of the barn had no idea what was in their back 40, so Barry and Tim, who were roofers repairing the barn, cooked up the story of finding it in Tim's backyard. Barry and Tim's story captured the imagination of America. But as they were interviewed on the national news, authorities noticed their stories didn't agree. The two men found themselves under arrest where one of them confessed to taking the money out of the barn. Although Barry and Tim didn't get to keep the treasure, their story is a great illustration of just how far some humans will go to make a found stash their own. They probably didn't anticipate the national media attention, the jail time, or years of legal problems. But Barry and Tim wanted the box they found so badly that they were willing to tell a lie to explain how they found it. They were willing to do whatever it took to get what they wanted. Let's take a look at another treasure hunt. This one starts with years of research by a man named Tommy Thompson. Using the latest technology and statistical methods, Thompson and his team of experts began looking for the wreck of the steamship, the SS Central America. The SS Central America, which went down off the coast of South Carolina in the 1850s, was laden with treasure from the California gold rush. It carried so much gold that after its sinking, it was nicknamed the Ship of Gold. When the ship went down, the financial loss to the United States was so great that it caused what is known as the Panic of 1857. Thompson and his team wanted to find that gold, and they used every tool at their disposal to do it. Eventually, 
their camera on their robot came across the telltale distinguishing sign of a steamer, a paddle wheel turned on its side. They had found the wreck of the SS Central America, and with it, the long-lost treasure. One of the bars of gold, known as the Eureka Bar, weighed 80 pounds, all by itself, and was sold for $8 million. Today, it is probably worth even more. So can you imagine finding even one 80-pound bar of gold? Wouldn't that solve all of your troubles? At least the financial ones. But what about your spiritual ones? What about the ones that actually matter? What about the ones that will last for eternity? Looking in the Bible, we read in Matthew chapter 13, 44, it says here, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The man who finds it gladly sells everything, all that he has to buy the field so he can acquire the treasure. He is overjoyed when he has it. Looking further, we see in Matthew 13, 45 and 46, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went out and sold all that he had and bought it. Likewise, a pearl dealer trades in all of his wealth, everything he owns, in exchange for a pearl of enormous value when he finds it. You see, both stories show that the kingdom of heaven is worth any amount of sacrifice. What we are seeing here is that there is a treasure that is more valuable than anything else in this entire world. So much so that we should want to gladly lose it all just to obtain it and it alone. So why then are we holding on so tightly to the things of this world? Why are we not seeking the eternal state of God? These parables, they emphasize the profound worth of the kingdom of heaven and the commitment required to attain it. It encourages a sacrificial approach in our own lives, suggesting that the spiritual journey and treasures of heaven can bring its worth much more than the material wealth on this earth. What's fascinating is the joy expressed by the individuals in these parables. When they find the treasure, it reflects the transformative power of encountering a wealth that is far greater beyond anything ever imaginable. And we see that it conveys the idea of prioritizing spiritual treasures over worldly possessions. Matthew 6, 19-21 says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven, meaning eternal wealth far greater than what the earth can give. This signifies a radical departure from the familiar and a relinquishing of material security for the sake of a spiritual treasure. And we see in all of this a sacrifice 
is needed. This sacrifice implies a willingness to let go of worldly attachments, whether they be possessions, status, or comfort, in exchange for something of immeasurable value. It underscores the idea that embracing the kingdom of heaven requires a wholehearted commitment, often involving personal sacrifices to fully appreciate and integrate its profound significance into one's life. I don't think we fully comprehend that we've already found it. It's right within our grasp, and it's slipping through our hands. What are we doing with it? Why are we trading the things of this world for the treasures of heaven? So how do we obtain such an extraordinary treasure? What can we do? Where can we find it? Well, Matthew chapter 6, 33 tells us all we need to know. Everything we need to know about this. It says here, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. It's that simple. Seek God's kingdom first. That means we have to make a conscious decision to turn towards God versus turning to the world and what it offers. You see, it's so easy to become preoccupied with the cares of this world. So much so that we neglect the most important care of all, and that's God. You see, if we seek God above anything else, we will have all that we need. We will find that pearl. So the question is, how bad do you want it? What are you willing to do for it? What are you willing to give up? What is holding you back? Jeremiah 29.13 says, And you will seek me, and you will find me, when you search for me with all your heart. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget, we will be back February 12th. Okay, mark your calendars. February 12th will begin our next episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Just search the name at return underscore to underscore truth and look for the logo. So feel free to drop us a Bible question and we'll answer it here on the show. You can also leave a comment or even request a shout out. You can find Return to Truth on many different podcast apps. Just search Return to Truth and look for the logo. Make sure to follow us on this podcast channel or any of those apps or websites to stay up to date. Don't forget to comment and rate because I want to hear from you. And please share this podcast as much as you can. Remember to stay tuned for our next episode as we return to truth.